Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If so, you got to check out Venturi. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Venturi has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs. John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels from landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools. Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team. The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60 day money back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash no BS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash no BS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good morning, Mateo. How are you? Good morning, brother. I'm uh, I'm okay, man. I'm hanging in there. How are you? I am. I'm I'm hot. I, I just got back from walking on a beach. I uh, yeah. I'm in Siesta Key as well. I'm in I'm in my rental car. Uh, so I'm we're swapping. You know, I'm not in an IHOP parking lot like you were a couple of weeks ago. Truly, you know, you know, but I never really lived until you've recorded a podcast in a IHOP parking lot. Yeah. Public beach access, though, in Siesta Key recording here because there was there's some bars. I could actually go ahead and and, and get some reception here. So this is where we're Mm. doing it. uh, I like it. I like it. You know, I was going to put the the the, uh, digital background up, but, you know, now you got a nice view and everyone that's actually watching video so well other than me take me out and it's a pretty nice view but there's always something wrong with me but uh episode <laughs> i don't know it's 24 season 224 or 25 i can't even remember we're they're knocking them out i'm excited about it yeah, we have an awesome fun. guest I'm having a good time yeah great guest today i'm i'm excited we're, we're bringing we're back in to the uh, the pricing, the, the rev management, the dynamic pricing conversations. That's uh, but with a different company and an amazing oh, guest, yeah. and it's super excited. I I kind of want to just kind of jump into it here. I want to introduce the one and the only Anurag Verma, the co-founder yeah. of Price Labs. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome to the thank show, you brother. so much, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And Absolutely. yeah, clear blue skies behind you. That's good to see. Yeah, it's it's blue right now. It's I think it's going to be about ninety. Life life's rough. Right. Well, okay. you're you're in Chicago, so I'm sure you were going through the same heat that we were in Fort Wayne. Like it was five, yeah. like like the whole week leading up to me coming down here. It rained for like a month straight, and then it yeah. was just like. I know, I know. It has been amazing. It hasn't, it hasn't broken 90 yet. We're supposed to break 90 for the first day on Saturday or like actually sometime this week. And it's supposed to break 90. We haven't broken 90 yet. It's crazy. But But it was, uh, it was nice. It was, it was wonderful for being a mid in the Midwest and just having some nice weather. I know. I will, I will take that over single digits. Yes. Oh, for sure. sure. Especially Chicago's (laughs) weather. And I, and I have to admit, I, even when we were in Chicago a couple of, so when we were in Chicago last month, yeah. I got in on Saturday, it snowed Friday night. Yes. And remember how hot it was at, at the game and on Sunday? John? Like, Sunday was beautiful. It yeah. was beautiful the rest of the time we were there. And, it, and, yeah. it's, and this is why I have this Chicago, I call it the Chicago bias, because every time I think of Chicago, you think of the bad weather first. 
But actually, yeah. when I was flying in on Saturday, I was like, you flew in, you saw the coastline. I was like, this city is beautiful. Like, it really, really is. So it shout is. out to Chicago. I'm working on my bias. You know, I, I, I definitely need to come spend some time in the summer because it is gorgeous up there. It really is. I love the yeah. architecture. The architecture in, in Chicago is, is just amazing. Like, I, I want to go down. I have not done the, uh, the river architecture cruise. And I, I really want to go ahead and do that um, because done it three or four times, and yes, it's worth doing three or it four times. Lose it, it doesn't lose its effect. Yeah. All, right, all right, next time. I mean, over nine years, but yeah. So nice. So, Anurag, right, welcome to the show. It's been far. We've, you know, again, I, I made my apologies private. And I'll make it public. You know, sorry, it's taking you so long. We wanted to have you on for a while. You know. Let's dig into your story. Um, you and I were talking, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now, have the ability yeah. to partner and work with each other in different you know, times and, and throughout the space. But one thing we've never really dug into is your story. And okay. the big thing that we do here um, at the No BS Short Term Rental Podcast is, yeah, we care what you do. Yes, you know, we, we care about your opinion, but we really want to know, you know, how did you get to the space? You know, what brought you here? And, you know, we can go to your LinkedIn profile and it's very colorful and you've done a, a quite a bit of things and it makes sense. But yeah. we want to hear it from your, your, your words. Tell us your story. How did you get to this space? Quite quite the exciting story in my opinion we'll find out later on if, if that's uh, somebody else's opinion as well uh, so I used to I was in Chicago I had moved to Chicago and had been working here for three years uh, in 200 and uh, sorry, not 200 that would age me really much a lot uh, 2014 is when we started Price Labs or not even started started thinking about Price Labs and the reason we started thinking about it is uh, one of my friends from undergrad, uh, this is a guy who I have known for about 20 years now, uh, my co-founder, Richie. Mm -hmm. He was at grad school at that point in Chicago. I was working in Chicago in the airline industry doing pricing and revenue management and, and mm -hmm. uh, building tools and algorithms for that. And my co-founder was, his roommate was traveling somewhere for his internship. So he had an extra room in his home uh, for three months. And he's like, hey, Airbnb is picking up. Uh, let's put this room on Airbnb. Uh, and he went to list it. Uh, and then he's like, Airbnb doesn't tell me anything about how much to charge. One charge in, in general, like any given night. But he's like, this can't be true that for three months, I should put the same rate, like setting the same whatever rate, 100 bucks, 120 bucks. 50 bucks doesn't really make sense uh, given it, given that demand ebbs and flows for the entire time period. And he and I used to talk, like he had already been in Chicago for a year. So we used to talk about what I do when, as in the airlines, like prices jump up and down depending on everything that's going around, right? So he and I got talking about, okay, like clearly Airbnb is getting bigger and bigger. And back in 2014, when we did the research, there was like nobody else who was even remotely interested in doing any form of revenue management or dynamic pricing. And he's like, if this industry has to get big, like, yeah, revenue management has to come in. This is travel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of course, our, our idea of the industry was very skewed at that point, as, as you learn slowly over this. At that point, all we know is Airbnb um, and Chicago, nothing else, right? Right. And uh, we said, okay, like, what do we need to do to make this happen. So 2014, uh, we then said, I'm a data scientist. So like, I know maths, I know algorithms, I know like how to model things to, to get get the numbers up. He, he was in business school. So he like had the whole sense of like, okay, how would this business work if, if, if we were to do this? Uh, what we were missing was somebody who can actually, who's an actual engineer, uh, who can who can tie up the nuts and bolts of it, right? right? Like because without that, you can you can make up all the ideas and you can write the books that you want to, but it's not who's going to build it, right? Exactly, right. yeah, yeah. So uh, then we looked around, asked our friends, and and one of our common friends introduced us to somebody he had gone to school with, uh, high school with. And we met this guy in, and this is my third co-founder, Sana. Uh, we met him in a coffee shop uh, for the first time and sort of explained to him what, what we are trying to do. And, and he's he's a hardcore engineer and he's like, okay. Uh, and we're like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> let, let's you just randomly met him at a coffee shop or was this like set up? No, no, no. Like, this, okay. was, this was set up. Like, like okay. the, the mutual friend had told him about right. what we are trying to do. 
we were like okay yeah like we do need somebody who can actually build something uh, and and not just think about things uh, right. and but it was that like, okay go ahead and get him to to agree to come you know you're like this is our plan this is what we want to do and he's like sure there, there wasn't it was a pretty easy buy in for him it was a pretty easy buy in he uh, and and I'll go into why it was an easy buy in for everybody almost uh, for the first 3 and a half to 4 years uh, we did price labs part time so we held on to our full time jobs and then that did this part time so it wasn't like we were asking him to leave whatever he is doing he had a kid at that point already we were like hey drop everything like take this plunge with us we were like hey uh, whatever time you have if if you can help us build something uh, let let's let the three of us be the co-founders and, and start figuring out what to do so 2014 i think may is when we kind of said okay i think we have some sort of a plan of like how to make this work spend the next 3 months more or less uh, making something for chicago uh, we said hey like we can't really go build something for the entire world let's see like we know chicago well let's see what would it take to make a pricing algorithm for the chicago market so spent 3 months doing that uh, rolled out our product in august of 2014 uh which was which was crazy uh, our website looked like it was made by a 5 year old because well not 5 year old but maybe like somebody a little older uh because the the engineering co-founder was a back end engineer i was the data scientist i was <laughs> yeah, making the algorithms front end <laughs> and and so richie who's at business school he's like okay i guess that leaves the front end to build so so he learned in in whatever 2 3 weeks whatever needed to be done to make ui work and literally it was ui work not not look pretty not do anything else just make it work kind of a thing uh, and we put it out and we said okay let let's see what will happen uh, mm. and the crazy part was that we, we had already started reaching out to people in chicago to say like hey like uh, through reddit or, or whatever forums to say like hey looking for airbnb hosts at that point right and some people did sign up and and i said okay i'm willing to try it and no matter how bad it looked it it was solving a problem for them so they were like fairly happy with it and you're like okay this is great uh let's let's keep building on it let's keep improving it let's keep iterating did that for another year and a half actually no did that for another two years Are before now, we now oh, sorry, it's yeah. two years just in chicago still so yeah to, to 2014 all of 2014 is just in chicago wow. 2015 is when we said okay like this thing seems to be working in chicago uh, we have our results we have our numbers uh, whatever needs to be done and then we said okay what do we need to make it work everywhere in the world right like we had two options at that point one is go market by market and second is to say hey like can we build something that looks at data for every specific market and comes like comes up with price recommendations for any given market and again it's it's the three of us uh, we generally all three of us were engineers one of them was also doing business school uh, so we were like hey like doing this market by market and and like evaluating it would be crazy uh, we don't have like an army of people looking at markets we were like truly the right thing to do for us is to figure out how to make this work no matter where it is and and that was one of our first very early differentiators and in, in this industry it still is our one of the differentiators uh, I, i think there are plenty of markets where we are the only pricing provider that that can work right so back in 26 2015 we made that call to say hey let's make something that will work that's agnostic to that's not hand tailored to a particular location mm-hmm. it should work everywhere right uh, it's it's not like it's uh, it's coming up with the same price recommendation no matter where you are it's looking at very localized data but then it can work anywhere and and that was a, like a very very early i would say strategic decision that we took that that helped out kept doing it somewhere mid 2015 we also realized that hey one like, we realized two things uh, and and those two things again became are differentiators in some ways one the industry is not airbnb yep airbnb right. is is a tiny slice right. of the industry no and, this and is like airbnb to... but that's a fact right like that's a huge yeah. sticking point right yeah. even right now it's not yeah and, and but but think about us in 2014 have no exposure to the short term rental industry we are all coming from airlines or or what not and at that point you see what's in news and and you go by that right, right. Uh, and and that's what we saw 
and then we started talking to people and people were like hey like sure you do this with bnb right now can you also do this with verbo can you do this with booking.com and then somebody else came along and said hey really if you want to do something serious in this you should go integrate with channel managers and property management systems right. so that's a big mm-hmm. big shift that happened very early on for us to say oh the industry is not the urban airbnb like that that's a slice but but that's right. not everything there is uh, so that's when we started off on the journey of integrating with uh, i think the first pms we integrated with uh, were both in europe uh, there was one called beds 24 in germany and then one called Vrizi. Yeah, so we integrated with two. Now we are integrated with about 70 PMSs around the world. And yeah, truly, like, there are so many property management systems that mm-hmm. uh, if you don't integrate with them, then then people, like, our customers can't use dynamic pricing, right? So, so that became critical. And it was an early lesson for us, which is very, very important. The second big feedback that we got from those One early second. customers. Before yeah. we get into second, and we'll remember the second feedback here. I wanted to know how timeline-wise, and when you're coming in and you realize, okay, now now we need to go ahead and we need to. It's not just Airbnb. You know, you came from airlines. Some other companies that are looking at data that a competition of yours right now also came from airlines, and some looking at this data. Where do you align? Like, where timeline-wise, like you are are, you know, 2015. You know, you're like, okay, we. We're Airbnb. Now we're going to go look at Verbo. Like, how does this compare what you're doing compared to some of your competition? Is it comparable timelines? Okay. You guys both breaking in, or uh, back then there was two players, um, but no. like there was more. There were four. Well, yeah, tell really. like what, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, tell John right now there, is, there isn't necessarily. Um, you know, so look, talk yeah. talk to us about like like who's sneaking in. You know, because it was it's like you guys are going. Uh, everyone's after the same same you know market share so how yeah. you know how are you positioning yourself early and and like you have some differentiators but yeah. like like who's who's coming in striking first in certain things yeah yeah so there were 2014 by when we started thinking about building price labs there was no product out there 2014 fall by the time we launched beyond pricing had launched a month before Oh wow! A company called Everbooked. I don't know if you guys remember this name. No. A, a company called Everbooked. I think launched a month later. Okay. And then, or, or somewhere around that. And then, 2015, I think another company called Smart 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 Host. I think that was the name. Smart Host. Uh, they launched as well. Uh, so there were four companies back then. Everbooked in 2016 or 2017 sort of uh, more or less wasn't getting far enough and or I don't know what the story was but then Evolve acquired them. Mm. Okay. Smart Host uh, was running into similar issues and they were doing more like they were not doing fully automated pricing they were more doing uh, very hands-on kind of engagements uh, so it's, it wasn't necessarily scaling up as well. And they were acquired by Beyond Pricing. Okay. And so like 2016, I think there were four people or 2015, 2016, that period, there were four companies that were uh, that were in the in the industry in some ways. I'm trying to forget if there was a fifth one that I'm forgetting now, totally. But yeah, okay. and Beyond Pricing was, was the, like uh, Beyond Pricing is uh, probably like the one that made the most headway during that period. And the market mm-hmm. that they primarily went to was one was Airbnb hosts, but then the second market they probably were coming to the same realization. They were going to uh, they did a lot of early integrations with Escapia and and a few other PMSs that were very well used in the uh, in the very traditional vacation destinations in the US. Mm-hmm. Our approach to integrations was: if you have an API, we will integrate. If you don't have an API. We won't integrate. And then uh, a lot of it, it so happened to be that a lot of European PMSs at that time had APIs that were open to integration. And we were like, mm-hmm. okay, we, we'll go integrate with you. So, like a lot of early market share for us was in Europe. Because they had open APIs. So it was easy for you to. And yeah. as a, it was easier. And we're, we're coming up with the same type of thing, you know, on where I'm doing working with now with, with Hopper. Yeah. It's like, okay, we yeah. can work like bandwidth, like, you know, the, yeah. you know, 
where are you going to go? Oh, it's easier to go ahead and connect with someone that has open API as yeah. opposed to building yeah. that on your end. It makes makes a total sense. All right. So uh, thank you for, for sidetracking. You're back to point two. No. <laughs> point two, which I tried to remember where I was. So when I talked about, uh, so one like one benefit we had was we were worldwide. So like uh, it automatically helped mm -hmm. that we were integrating with PMS in Europe and we were already available in Europe. So like a lot of our competition wasn't even available in Europe at that point. Second was that we figured out that, hey, in, like the Airbnb is not the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and third, big feedback we got, uh, and I don't know if this was just us or if we were the ones who acted upon that feedback, was pricing is very personal. So uh, we're back. A technical error on my part. I had my, so uh, I, as you all know, where I'm recording from my 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 car, my rental car, and it's you know 90 something degrees outside, and I had my my phone in the window to get a better reception, and well, you know, it overheated. It so out. it was out. So uh, yeah. we're uh, we're back. Uh, point three. Yeah. <laughs> point three. So I don't know how much of that we covered last time. Uh, but I can start. Yeah, I just start, start again. Again. <laughs> yeah. I think I lost. Yeah. So like, and, and so yeah, I was, I was saying the third thing that we realized very early on, and this is from both personal experiences in, in my uh, like work at, at United Airlines, but also feedback that we got from some of the early customers was pricing is something every human being thinks about. Like uh, if you're running a business, any business and, and, uh, hosting or property management, they are businesses. You want to be very, very clear about, hey, what am I comfortable selling my products at? And and at the end of the day, uh, a night at your home is a product, right? Like that, that's yeah. something you're, you're trying to sell. And two people who are trying to sell the same product might have a very different philosophy on who do they want to sell to, when do they want to sell it uh, at, and, and things like that. So there are people who want by, by the time April rolls in, they want to make sure that their summer is well booked. That's what they have done for the last 10 years. That's what they want, they're comfortable with. And if it's not booked, it, it induces some panic, which is very justified, right? Like till you have bookings on hand, you, you can't be sure of like, hey, is it going to come or not? Right. And then there are folks who, who have uh, maybe just started in the industry or been in the industry, but no, but have potentially been tracking data that hey, lead times have been getting shorter. Who's, who say, hey, it's okay if I'm not fully booked for summer yet. Like, this is totally fine. There's plenty of last minute bookings that happen in my market. I'll, I'll get one of those, right? Uh, and then there are people who, who whose strategy is literally during peak times to not be like, to be the last one booked. They basically say, let everybody else book out summer is going to be selling out in my location anyways. Yeah. And then I, I, I can really leverage what I, what I have left and yeah. sell it for a high rate. Right. Yeah. So you might be, so as, as a pricing algorithm, we look at a home and we look at the market data and we say, Hey, this is what is going to make the most money. But what it doesn't incorporate is what do you as a host want? Maybe you are risk averse and you want to sell early. Maybe you are okay being the one who doesn't sell early and wants to sell last. And so the, that realization came that, hey, this product, like we can't just spit out pricing. Right. And it works for everybody. Every single property manager has owner contracts to say, never sell below this, never sell above that, all kinds of things. And, and all of those need to be incorporated before we spit out our price in, in some ways. Um, so we essentially then went in on, on this journey of saying, hey, we have an algorithm, but the but the best use of this algorithm is when a human being can also give their input of what do they like, what are their boundaries, uh, how do they want the prices to change under circumstance, circumstances and, and things like that. Uh, so, so that's what uh, really became our key differentiator over the years. Uh, and, and it's not just prices. Like 2017, we rolled out something that, that was fundamentally different from other pricing providers in that Every, every, like we, including us, we were all focused on prices. We, we then said, hey, price is one part of the story. Stay restrictions are equally important. So how do we manage stay restrictions so that you can try to get longer bookings, far out, fill gaps, and then all those kinds of things. Um, so that, that really became a big, big uh, driver for us to say, 
let's take a holistic picture at, at revenue management from not just pricing. And this is like, again, United, it was the same story. Like it, I tell this to my like friends uh, who, who ask about this, but we were a team of about 20 data scientists at United Airlines building pricing algorithms. And my group had been around for like 20 years building wow. these algorithms and, and right. constantly evolving this, right? Wow. So it's it's not like, it's not like, you build an algorithm and hey, you're done. Like this is end, this is the end. Like you have a product that's working. There's always new information coming in, new patterns you figure out, and and improve the algorithm. In spite of all of that work of over twenty years of a of a group of people with all PhDs uh, working wow. like full time on this, there was an army of about hundred and fifty pricing analysts that United had that would our algorithms would spit out the price the analyst would say hey i know something that no computer can know right uh, there is this festival coming up there is no market signal yet but i know that this festival happened last year in this other city and it drove a lot of demand the algorithm has never seen this event in this city so it doesn't know what to do so let me mm -hmm. let me help the algorithm out right so uh, and, and that philosophy also trickles into price labs to say like the algorithms will keep getting better they will keep doing more but there's always something a human being will know that algorithms aren't able to capture. So this, this brings up a, a, a point and a question I have for you. Um, and, and these are conversations that I have with property managers. They're talking about their, their pricing solutions and what they're using. And they're all using different, some are using you, some are using your competition, some are doing it manually. Some have a revenue manager that's doing it on their own. Some are just like shooting from the hip. Um, which I don't recommend, um, <laughs> shooting from the hip is never really the greatest way to do, but what my question for you is in talking about how, how you've come into, to the, to the space and, and, and how, and I'm not a revenue manager, so please correct me if what I'm saying is incorrect, but th there are certain ways that you're scraping data and you're looking at a, a, and this might be incorrect, but some of the the flags that come up with how how certain companies are doing it is like, hey, we're looking at one price, you know, an average price for the whole year, and then we're going, we're not looking at multiple, we're not necessarily taking a look at shoulder seasons, we're not looking at some of these uh, pricing companies or you know dynamic pricing like yourself that aren't taking in account to things like snowbirds and and in different type of models like how do you go you know and i'm sure obviously early on you know you weren't able to yeah. do that but how are you yeah. you were talking about the ebb and flow when the airline um and yeah. how are you addressing these addressing these problems that are constantly coming up because there are certain people i you know hey i tried price labs or i tried beyond pricing yeah. and they're not really they are accurate for certain times of the year and other times of the year they're way off they don't know my market yeah. How, how do yeah. you combat that? Yeah, so like the the seasonality is one of the most difficult pieces of this uh, this whole puzzle of pricing, right? In some ways, so there is a high season. So like, and, and our view of seasonality is very different. Uh, one one thing I want to very like forcefully say is we at no point do we say try to stay with the market. Like you you should never say. I'm I'm an average property. Let's say you're an average property uh, in the area. Right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to try and be in the middle of the market, and and that's what a lot of our customers, at least, come in thinking that hey, like PriceLab should help me stay at the fiftieth percentile of the market rates all year round, right? And and we say mm. like, look, if you're in summer, and ninety percent of the market is going to get booked you can be a lot higher than 50th percentile and still be booked and make a lot more money. And if you're in winter, and I'm assuming this is a beach market, uh, if you're in winter and most of the market is not going to be booked, a lot of long-term heavily discounted snowboard bookings are going to happen. You can't afford to stay at the 50th percentile. If, if the occupancy in the market is going to be like 30%, if you stay at 50th percentile, th there's very little chance you'll get booked. So like, Let's try to get down a little bit. And then when there is shoulder season, when like it's not 30%, it's not 90%, it's somewhere in between, there's a right place in the market to be at to maximize. You're not trying to maximize occupancy. You're not trying to maximize the price at which you get sold. 
you're trying to maximize the the, the multiplication of the two, right? The right. occupancy times the price that that gives you revenue. Uh, so there's a right sweet spot that that you need to be for for that to happen. And to the naked eye, it might look like, hey, the prices in summer are going crazy. The winter prices seem fine, or the summer prices are fine, but the winter prices are too low. And that happens if if you tend to think of it as like I need to be in the middle of the market or, or in a certain space in the market. That doesn't mean like, so we, again, this is going back to, we spit out the price. That doesn't mean that you stick to that price. Maybe being getting down to the 20th percentile of the market during low season is too low for your comfort. Uh, in right. which case, in which case you, and most of our customers do, they, they put in a flow rate to say like, hey, sure, the market is not getting anything. I still don't want to go below this price no matter how low the demand is right That's and then they look at that they look at that and then the prices start looking a, a little better so with any product not just us it's the same with beyond it's same with anyone else you have to look at what the algorithm spits out and then you have to say okay what are my controls or my preferences of what's my lowest price what's my highest price uh, and, and all those things and you can do this by season and, and whatnot say okay do your thing algorithm don't go outside these boundaries for every season. Right. And so it, I, I would say this is not a, this is not a come in, turn on a switch and things get magically taken care of. It, it does take some work. We have an onboarding team that, that helps you do some of that work and gives you best practices to help you figure out if this is even a good solution for you. Like maybe uh, you, have, you have been doing things a certain way or maybe your owner's contracts are structured in a way that yeah, dynamic pricing is not really going to work. So like uh, that, that's a discovery in itself. I have a, I have a question regarding, we talk a lot about culture here on, on the show and I, and I want to know what your thoughts are with, with dynamic pricing in general. And, and I see it coming into more and more things like not just yeah. rates. I see dynamic pricing coming in for amenities. I see dynamic pricing yeah. coming in for so many different things in, in, in the travel and hospitality industry in general. But with that said, do you think that like that they're artificially dynamic pricing is artificial artificially inflating certain markets and with that do you think you know at certain times of the year and we see it in real estate we see it all the time with like a demand um that now like these these homes that shouldn't be like you know 1.5 million yeah. but they're still listed at that and they're still selling at that do yeah. you think that this this dynamic pricing is having a negative will overall potentially have a negative effect on certain market, or do you think it's all going to balance out in the end? I tend to think of it, um, same with an airline, same in any other industry. Think of it as not necessarily always increasing the prices, but mm. also at times decreasing the prices. So think of it this way. If you had a home in, in, in Florida and in, in Panhandle, your high season is summer. And generally speaking, you sell at about 500 bucks uh, a night. And say you had that one rate all year round. Now you're selling well in summer, but you're probably not selling enough during, during the low season or the shoulder season. Right. And you can say, okay, let me address that problem by setting my rates to 200 bucks all year round. And sure, now you're selling in, in your shoulder and winter as well. And you're like just selling out fully way far out for summer as well. Now, those are two extremes. Those are both saying, I don't want to do dynamic pricing. I want one flat rate. And in one, you're not selling any winter at all. And in two, you're potentially not making enough money because you're, you're selling too cheap all year round. Like uh, summer is when you could have make, made a lot of money, but you're, or you used to make a lot of money, now you're not. So then you say, okay, I should have 200 in winter ideally and 500 in summer. Right. Uh, and that's the right thing to do because I do want to get somebody and, and think about, don't think about one person doing it. Think about the entire market doing it now. If the entire market chose to set their prices at 500 bucks, then there's plenty of people who are just not going to go to Destin ever to, to book a short term rental because they're like, hey, forget about high season, forget about low season. This is just too expensive for me. Right. I can't afford it anyway. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. What, Sorry, what <laughs> when a lot of people start doing dynamic, like dynamic pricing and say, hey, I don't have enough demand. Let me lower the rates. Now, suddenly for some people 
who would have earlier not taken that vacation potentially and granted this is not the best season to be going in at but they are able to experience something at, at a cheaper rate that they can afford and maybe it's for a weekend maybe it's for a weekend that happens to be reasonable weather especially last minute when you were not expecting to sell you you lower your rates and weather happens to be nice somebody is able to get something that they right. wouldn't have otherwise experienced right so like and and maybe you don't do that but your neighboring city people start doing it and people will naturally gravitate they'll be like hey this location always very expensive but that that location is is where like we can still afford to do go uh, so there is that dynamic and then of course now summer is not going to be selling at 500 summer is because everything is getting booked dynamic pricing will say hey sell it at 600 700 uh, and there you could say earlier people who were able to experience a nice summer vacation for 500 bucks can't experience this anymore uh, and and that's where that argument comes in to say hey as long as there are people who are able to do it uh, and and you're selling out your inventory if there is demand like why why should you not charge more uh, it's it's kind of like saying gas should be $1 so that every american can afford to go to wherever they want to go to no no uh, that makes but that's sense. not true It makes sense and and it brings up an interesting point too is like you know I'm you know I know both Mateo and I are selling you know a you know our product is a is a, is a niche channel right or is a channel or is some sort of connectivity and you know mm-hmm. I'll go to I'll go into a market I ran into one uh yesterday I was talking they're like hey what why would we need this you know to work with you know x because we're we're already booked all the well if you're if you're at full occupancy you're leaving money yeah, on the table wrong, yeah. like like yeah. you know like in in they don't get that some do some yeah. don't you know then obviously yeah. and so that goes it feeds into your point of you know you know let's there's money on the table you know why not go ahead and, and get it um yeah interesting so yeah. and no go ahead all right no no Uh, you you should finish your talk i have been no i was so i was going to the next question so it's so for yeah. me my question is yeah. you know you know we've talked about where we are where where you know where we come from where yeah. we are where's where do you see independent revenue management products going from here like what's on the horizon what's next what are your customers saying that they want you know yeah. we i know you know my experience as a property manager in full candor who uses your tool um you know I, there's always this this growing list of what the the yeah. customer wants yeah. but you're also in a space where you're partnering with PMSs and other technologies too right yeah. to yeah. offer a, a consumer a consumer offering to the same customers like yeah. what's the future look like for you where where you where do you see price labs going and where do you see revenue management tools going in the near future yeah so revenue management tools uh, i don't know if you were asking from the point of rpms is going to become sort of all in one solution or, or I, I want to know, like yeah, no, okay. know what you so, think yeah no i want to know what you think yeah yeah my my thought <laughs> <laughs> no my thought generally is uh, revenue management systems generally tend to be very very specialized and this is true in hotel industry as well there is there's an entire suite of revenue management systems and pmss working independently Uh, and probably going to be true for our industry as well just because things get so very specific or not so very nuanced when when you talk about pricing and revenue management uh, the general things that we have been like there are some broad industry trends that are going to happen i don't know two years back at some conference i said i'd said in two years this will be here and it's not here so like uh, i'll i'll say <laughs> I, I, we won't I, we say, won't we won't hold you to it we just want to know we just that one of them is is length of stay pricing like uh, mm-hmm. and this is something hotel industry has embraced full on uh, and mm-hmm. most hotel OTAs do this booking.com already does it expedia does it airbnb has started doing it verbo has started doing it but it essentially means today the primary control that uh, that any property manager or anybody any host has is the price and the minimum length of stay so you can say i don't want two night stays i don't want one night stays my minimum length of stay is 3 you could say for but that i'll take a two night stay if it comes at a 100% premium i generally don't want to but if somebody is really willing to pay me three nights worth of money i'm i'm okay take, letting them stay for one day or two day uh, and and that's in a nutshell length of stay pricing that's uh, you extend it and get to like 
for a week, I'm willing to discount on, on the other side of it. Like if somebody's willing to take up seven consecutive nights, sure, take it at a discount. But so if you want one night, pay a premium. So that's, it's just an, an expansion on some yield management where you're, you're going ahead and saying, or, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll take less, but you're going to pay the yeah. same amount because so, yes. so it, it's, it's, it's opening up more, more booking options and, you know, and just hoping that someone's going to, and if they don't, it doesn't matter because yeah. they'll be able to go ahead and meet that minimum night stay. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And think about it this way. Uh, like there's a very interesting parallel to this. And then you mentioned opening up some inventory. Uh, when, when we, we do this dynamic minimum stay kind of a thing where you might have a five night minimum, but if your calendar has a two night, three night, four night gap, you can tell price labs to open up that gap. Now, this is not doing any pricing. Uh, this is, I mean, of course, we are also pricing those nights, but we are kind of, by opening up those nights, we are in effect increasing the supply in the market uh, and then saying somebody who was trying to book two nights earlier didn't have your home as an option. Now there is an added option to them, which which is generally good for the market. We are increasing market efficiency, if, if that right. makes sense. Uh, this length of stay pricing is a way to increase that market efficiency even more because now people are like, hey, I never wanted two nights stay. Maybe three night gap, sure, I'll open it up, but two night, no. Now they're like, I'll take it. I'll take two nights if, if they're willing to pay as much as three because uh, that's what it's worth to me. Like there is an added hassle to a two night booking and, and it pays off for it. Right. And, and it's, and it's would just sit there unoccupied anyways. It's not like exactly. you know, it's just there, you know, there's, yeah. there's buffers on each side. It's already booked on each side. Yeah. It's just sitting there. So why not open it up? The only time that, you know, I, I talk to, you know, property managers look at those times as ways to go ahead and get maintenance done and, and do those things. That is true. And, yeah. and it's very simple for them to go ahead and put a maintenance block on it. And, yeah. and yeah. that's the, if you want to get it done, then you can block it off. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. The, the other thing on, on this lines that, that we are working, so we are working fairly uh, like a decent bit on, on this length of stay pricing front. The other one that Matthew, I, you will see soon enough in, in the product is mm -hmm. we talked about this minimum length of stay and depending on the market, you can say, hey, like my market gets a lot of seven night bookings. Uh, but when it is last minute and we have that automation to say, make it a seven night minimum, last minute, reduce it to five, if it's within a week, reduce it to two nights because nobody is booking a finite stay for the weekend, coming weekend, right? One of the things that we have been working on that's coming up this month uh, is we earlier had the automation, but we are asking our customers to fill in what, what should go. Like, what do mm. they want? Do they want seven? Do they want three? Do they want one? And we're like, hey, we have a lot of data where we can, we can at least give a starting point to our customers to say, this is what we think you should do in this market. Instead of you going in blind and saying, I don't know what my minimum stay should be, let's start with four. We are saying, hey, here's a recommendation. You can go by it or you can adjust it depending on your operations and things like that. So that's that's something that we see coming up a lot, especially as, as dynamic pricing systems mature and get into a lot of our customers right now are early adopters. Like they will, they will learn the technology, they'll figure it out and they'll put it in. A lot of our future customers are, are not going to be the early adopters. They are going to be the kinds who will say, hey, like, you tell me what's the right thing to put in here. And then that's that's something that, that we are working more and more on. I don't know if that makes sense. It's amazing. I, I it's, it's nice. It's really neat to hear the new stuff that's coming out and, and where the direction is going. And like you're, 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 you and Price Labs are bringing some pretty amazing new things to the to, to our space that, you know, I, I just love the thinking about things. I love, I love yeah. that, you know, these questions, you know, and, and thinking about pricing and thinking about length of stay and, and they, all these different things that like just makes my head spin, but also makes me think, Oh, what about this? What about that? Um, I, I have a question for you and, and, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but my question is what does price labs do better? Like what is your big flex on than the, like, like in your opinion, what do you do better than the competition? And you, you know, it could be multiple things. It could just be one thing and say, like, Hey, we're, we're, we're flat out. We do this better than anybody else. So I would say two things. One, we frequently get complimented on our, our raw pricing recommendations themselves. And then customers are very easily able to see all the data that's going behind our recommendations. So like in our dashboard, 
once you log in, you can see all kinds of data about why are we recommending a certain price? What is the market doing and things like that. Uh, and second one is the customizability the, the, that I already spoke about where like people have, like everybody wants some control on their pricing and everybody has a different idea of what those controls should be. Uh, and, and we provide a very, very comprehensive suite of like possibilities to do some automation that you want to do. Like if you think about, hey, it'd be great if I could automate this strategy, it's probably already there in, in our product. Uh, so like a lot of customers get wowed by that that part. But yeah, like that, that, that I would say like one, just the raw pricing recommendations that, that we come up with, whether it's seasonal prices or event prices or things like that. And then second, how do you fine tune those prices? How do you execute a certain set of strategies that you have in your mind or your owner has in your mind and things like that? That's awesome. I, I love I love it when 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 people we we ask a question they actually answer it instead of circumventing. I don't know why you give them the answer to opt out. Just let them answer the question. <laughs> no. So I don't know, so, one, one thing I want to yeah. jump into before we get out of here too. I, yeah. You know I. I'm fascinated by, you know, your story and, and, and you being a founder and, and CEO and, and wanted you to talk a little bit about how that's been, you know, how have you seen the industry change? How, cause again, you know, even coming in in 2014, you, you, pre, you precede John and I in this space. And so, you know, as a founder, I, as, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um yeah. you know it, it seems like you've had an expansive and really do have a, a kind of geo perspective of our industry and, and having yeah. success overseas and in the united states and, and growing and building a product not just you know you're, you're doing it from the front as a leader how's that experience been for you and and what have you seen during your time what stuck out to you during your time from that perspective so uh, i'll say this because uh, even now, Price Labs does not have anybody on the sales, uh, which is probably not good. Uh, you you guys would probably try to convince me otherwise, but we do not have anybody on sales, which means that uh, I have done a lot of like, I'm one of the product and data science people, but we are a bootstrapped mm -hmm. company, like, um, oh, which yeah. meant we were, uh, we were basically on the front lines way, way more often than most, most founders are. Right. Uh, and so one of the things that, like early on when we started, we, we had this feeling that, hey, like coming from somebody who does not know anything about the industry, uh, and this is going back 2014, 2015, like 2015 is when I first went to VRMA uh, and had, had just had no clue like what this is about and was blown away by like, okay, like there is so much happening in this industry. Like the, the exhibit hall or the vendor hall, even then was like something that was like, okay, like I did not know there are so many companies that I never heard the names of. Right. who clearly have a lot of money to be setting up booths like this. Uh, but, and then speaking to property managers, generally it has been a surprisingly pleasant experience. Like uh, very rarely has anybody said, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Uh, mm. You go and talk to somebody and they're generally open to listening to you. Sometimes they'll say, hey, I'm in a rush. I need to go. And then that's fair. Uh, but most of the times people people talk, people listen, uh, they want to hear what you have to offer. Um, and that is like, I, I don't know what I should have expected, but it has been a surprisingly good thing in my perspective. Um, yeah. I, lo I love that about the space. Yeah, and I, I, we talk about that a lot is, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition, but at the same time, everyone's open. Everyone's still pretty friendly. We're still like a, as big as, as this has become. Um, yeah. Everyone still is, is friendly for the most part. And, and that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and willing to share ideas. I was talking to yeah. a, uh, a gentleman yesterday, shout out to Adrian from Seabreeze. I know you're listening, Adrian, yeah. uh, big fan of the show. So um, we're chatting with him yesterday and he was just saying like, that was one of the things that really surprised him about our, our spaces. Like, you know, we, when he came into it, he'd ask some questions and, you know, and then next thing you know, like he'd be talking to a fellow property manager competition and they'll go yeah. ahead and send them, you know, he'll ask for, they'll send them like a, an example of their, their contract or something like that yeah. and just share it openly with them as, you know, so everyone, you know, rising ties raises all ships, yeah. um, you yeah. know, and that's, what's wonderful about this space. Yeah. I've, I've seen this even on the vendor side of it, like, yeah, uh, I agree. like 
uh, all the pricing providers frequently do at VRMA sessions together about like some dynamic pricing education, something. And in, in the planning sessions, there is no like, hey, I want that topic or I want that topic. Everybody's like, this is the broad thing we want to cover. I'll take whatever fits well. Like, don't need to worry about who gets what kind of a thing. Like, it's, it's very collaborative that way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been refreshing coming from, coming from different in industries, you know, into this and where it was, you know, cutthroat and, you know, mm -hmm. you know, tight lip stuff and to come in here and have it be this way is, has been, it's, I mean, it's, it's a big reason why we're doing this pod today. It's like, we just love the people. We love the conversation and, and sucking up as much knowledge as I possibly can. And, and I, it's what it's all about. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, man. This has been great. Really appreciate you jumping on the pod with us today. How, how do you, um, anyone that wants to learn more about Price Labs, you know, where should they go? We'll go ahead and put a link on, um, on the website, but, you know, is there, do you have a special like splash page or just direct them to the website? How, how should they connect to learn more? You can, uh, you can direct everybody to pricelabs.co not .com that's important uh, mm -hmm. again going back to the bootstrapped roots the the .com domain was always more expensive than we could afford so we we're like not doing it <laughs> not doing it not doing it <laughs> same with that ease uh, yeah ask anthony that story about uh the... <laughs> yeah we were like if we had raised funding early on what would be the one thing and i don't know if .com is even the answer like i i don't right. know if it even matters or not but you're like yeah not 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 happening anymore mm -hmm. yeah well, there, there wasn't a ton of competition for the no BS short-term rental podcast. .com. <laughs> yeah, we were, uh, we were yeah. able to get that, Straight you know, up. it's, it's a real friggin' mouthful. So, um, <laughs> we'd have hey, to we go .co, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, pricelabs.co is, is the place to go to. Um, if anybody is listening and then, uh, there's plenty of training material out there. If you just want to like listen into what revenue management is about or what dynamic pricing is about uh, if you want like very specific guidance just there's a contact us page reach out and, and somebody from our team will, will set up a call with you awesome again thanks so much for jumping on the pod uh for for you listeners that are, are listening and weekly listeners if you haven't left a review please go to our apple uh podcast review site leave a review to actually type something up. I love the five-star reviews, but leave a little blurb. That would be amazing. And uh, until next week. Thanks, guys. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.